Welcome to the Sports by Fry podcast channel. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, my name is Fry, and uh, finally, I'm back. It's been probably two months, maybe a little bit less, since I recorded a podcast uh, episode. I definitely know it's been around two months since I did anything on YouTube. Um, more than anything, I've just been lazy over the past few months. I've been going through a few other bits and pieces, sorting my life out. Mum and Dad came to visit me from the other side of the world. So, of course, naturally that took up a bit of my time. But I am back. I'm going to... <laughs> bold statement to make on my first episode after two months. But I'm going to try and do at least two episodes a week. Probably touching on a few different sports in each episode, a few other bits and pieces. Uh, promote a few articles as I continue to write them. If you're new to the channel, uh, you can check out my articles at sportsbyfry.com. Uh, F-R-Y. Obviously, if you listen to this episode, you clearly know how to spell it because you found it somehow. Um, if you enjoy the episode, make sure you leave a rating and review. To bump me up those iTunes charts. Um, I just finished writing a piece about two hours ago on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, and I'm going to touch on him and a few other NFL things through two weeks of the season in a bit. I'm also going to talk about what the hell is going on with Jimmy Butler. The last 24 hours, his whole contractual situation with the Timberwolves has escalated. First episode back, I probably won't be going for too long. And to be honest, these episodes will probably be around the 20-minute mark. I'm toying with a few other bits and pieces. I'm going to try and do some longer format episodes. Uh, JLo's currently on a holiday so when he gets back I'll return to doing a sit down with him once a weekend but enough about JLo today like I said I'm going to talk a bit of NFL a bit of Jimmy Butler I probably won't do too much AFL talk I'll probably leave that to the next episode only because there's only so much I can squeeze in in a small amount of time I might even do a bit of a off-season update on player movement bits and pieces and probably by the time I do that episode I'll be able to preview the grand final and the Brownlow medal count So, without further ado, let's get started. One of the big advantages to living on the other side of the globe is that when NFL football commences at 1pm on Sunday afternoon, it's not 1am Australian time. So, the benefit of living in Toronto is I've been able to watch a lot of NFL I've been glued to the seat consecutive Sundays and loving every minute of it. Um, A few other teams have surprised me a little bit. A few have disappointed, as usual. It's always going to happen. But the season is only two weeks old, so there's a lot of things that I'm not going to even touch on and talk about, really, and overreact to. I'll, like I said, be doing frequent episodes, so I'll talk more about certain teams throughout the season. But... Yeah, there's only been two games played for each team, so there's a few big takeaways I have that I'm going to talk about. Probably, I guess you could say, the most trending topics over the first fortnight of the season. The first one is my man Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I literally just wrote an article about, um, wondering if he can keep his hot start up. He's so far thrown for 400 passing yards and four touchdowns in consecutive games to start the season. Uh, Something that no other player in NFL history has done, which is obviously pretty impressive. Uh, But what's been more impressive is the teams that he's actually looked good against. He beat the Saints in Week 1, a playoff team from a season ago. And to be honest, I think New Orleans will be a playoff team again. So that's a big W. And then secondly, last weekend, knocked off the defending Super Bowl champs in the Philadelphia Eagles. So yeah, Fitzmagic is alive and well. Now, 
Jameis Winston, who, for those who don't know, is probably the team's starting quarterback. No offence to Fitzpatrick, but the reason he's starting at the moment is because Winston's suspended. Um, like I said, he's currently serving a three-game suspension for something against bringing the league's code of conduct into disrepute or against player policy, some shit. Basically, wasn't nice, got handed a three-game ban, so Fitzmagic will at least continue um, this weekend in Pittsburgh. They play on Monday night, which will be a wicked game. But I don't really know how the how the Bucks are going to handle this moving forward. Personally, I think they need to keep starting Fitz. Well, he deserves to keep starting, especially after the way he's played over Winston for the immediate future. I think probably five or six games is what I think Fitzpatrick will start this season. But Winston is the franchise guy. Regardless of if he's going to be your long-term option or not, you need to let him get reps to find out. Um, Ryan's Fitzpatrick is 35, maybe even 36. I think 35 from memory. Jameis Winston's 24, so you do the maths. I definitely know which one I'd want to be taking most of the reps and have on my team in the long haul. Um, Speaking of having on my team, the Khalil Mack experiment is definitely paying off big time for the Chicago Bears. Um, I don't even know if you can really call it an experiment. Rather a robbery. They clearly benefited from trading for the Oakland Raiders superstar pass rusher. Um, Here are some quick stats through two games from Khalil Mack. So he's played limited game time uh, in week one against Green Bay. And then last week he played Seattle. So probably in a game and a half, you could say. Khalil Mack has recorded two sacks. He's got an interception, which he ran back for a touchdown. He's forced two fumbles, both of which I think came on a sack from memory. Um, (laughs) Oakland Raiders as a team have one forced fumble, one interception, and two sacks. So, single-handedly, Khalil Mack has been, has been better than the Raiders' defense so far this season. So, I can definitely understand why Raiders fans would be pissed to see Mack in a Bears jersey, but there's only one man to blame. And I think John Gruden, I, to be honest, I always get the Grudens mixed up. I'm pretty sure he's John Gruden, the coach of the Oakland Raiders. I think he's going to get a few more uh, hate emails before he gets some praise heading his way, that's for sure. Record-wise, with the exception of the Bucks being 2-0, there's nothing really win-loss that surprises me. I mean, no one expected the Dolphins to have two wins, but maybe the Dolphins are actually good. I probably underestimated them a bit. I did predict um, the Bengals to be a sleeper playoff team, so they're... Solid start is good for my uh, prediction there. My Carolina Panthers, two very weird games to start the year. Um, The one thing I'm not confident in is our ability to score lots of points. Uh, Last season, we seemed to be losing a lot of our games or being in a lot of close games that were closer to the 30s. But I don't know. It's going to take a few games, obviously, to adapt to Norv Turner's system. But I don't have a lot of confidence in Carolina's ability to move the ball, especially now that Greg Olsen's going to be out for probably the whole first half of the year. I did predict that we wouldn't make the playoffs this year, so I guess my predictions are in line with our season to date. But, yeah, time will tell. Really big game this week against the aforementioned uh, Bengals. Pretty sure that's being played in Carolina, so hopefully we can get another home field win. And move to 2-0, and um, especially considering out the weird division at the moment. All the three teams that I predicted to be in the top three are 1-1, one and one, while the mighty Buccaneers are flying at the top. So 
We'll see how that unfolds. If you do NFL fantasy, I'm just going to touch on that very briefly. Um, I have about, let me think, five teams, I think. One of them I accidentally auto-drafted. But good news, I do have Carson Wentz as my quarterback in that league, and he's been named as a certain starter against the Colts. So fingers crossed he can get me into the W column there. Um, But yeah, NFL fantasy is a lot of fun. Um, I've been diving in pretty heavily the last few seasons into the fantasy football realm. A few dudes who I think you should probably target if you can still find them on your waiver wires. Um, First dude I want to talk about is Quincy Anunua, who is the New York Jets wide receiver. Um, Probably got snapped up by most of your leagues, especially considering he looked pretty good in week one against the Lions. From memory, Sam Darnold hit him for about five catches, and he recorded about 60 yards, and then... Last week, he had about 7 for 70 or something of the sort, something like that. So, yeah, he looks like he's going to be their main weapon, especially if Sam Darnold can keep uh, dropping back. Oh, my apologies. He had 90 receiving yards on the weekend against Miami. So, yeah, Anunua looks good so far. Uh, Robbie Anderson's probably going to see a few targets, but I think that Anunua's got a high floor, which makes him uh, worth adding. He's in about 60 percent of ESPN fantasy leagues at the moment so still might be floating around in your league one other dude um, who also is kind of surprised even actually Anunua probably didn't surprise I'll take that back one dude who has surprised um, and is owned in over 70 percent of leagues and probably by the time you're listening to this will be owned in closer to 80 or 90 is Philip Lindsay from the Denver Broncos Part of the reason Philip Lindsay's putting up big numbers is because he's actually facing less pressure when he's running the ball. I remember, don't quote me exactly, but I remember hearing a stat saying that there was almost 20% difference on the number of uh, times that there were eight players in the box when Lindsay was running the ball compared to his rookie teammate Royce Freeman. Um, But yeah, both dudes... You know, it's tough to determine who's the better player at the moment out of Freeman and Lindsay because they're running back by committee. So the Broncos are kind of using both of them and even them out. But Lindsay has shown a little bit in the passing game. And I think even though they've got Baltimore this weekend, he might be worth fielding. I don't know. Depends a little bit on your individual league structure, obviously. But yeah, if Lindsay's on your waiver wire, snap him up ASAP. The third and last dude I'm going to talk about is the second best kicker in NFL history, and that is Dan Bailey, who after Daniel Carson's terrible performance for the Minnesota Vikings in what I didn't talk about, but what was a fantastic game, the Green Bay-Minnesota tie. What a sick game. Great throw by Kirk Cousins to send it to OT. Rogers' knee doesn't look good. I think it's going to hurt him in the long run for the season, but... Back to focus on Dan Bailey. He has been signed by the Vikings now to be their kicker moving forward after uh, Daniel Carson pretty much cost Minnesota the win at Lambeau Field. So Dan Bailey is going to be kicking for Minnesota. Now, if you don't know a lot about NFL fantasy or you do know a lot about NFL fantasy, one thing is for sure, and that is that kickers are pretty much unpredictable. You can't really tell who's going to be the best kickers at the start of the year. Let's be honest, no one really knows. We know which guys are more accurate, but God, if you can tell me who's going to be the best kicker moving forward compared to some of the other dudes, then you deserve a fucking medal. It's literally a lottery. So, with that being said, when I pick my kickers, I usually look for teams that are going to score a lot of points or at least move the ball a lot on offense because 
Call me crazy, but if the ball's closer to the uprights, that probably means the team's going to attempt more field goals. And obviously, if they get it into the end zone, then there's more PAT attempts. So, PAT attempts? No, dickhead. PATs. So, with that said, long-winded way of me saying, if you're not really sure about your kicker and you have a dude who's injured, you've got Greg the leg and you're looking for a replacement... Get Dan Bailey because he looks like money. He's proven money. And uh, with Minnesota set to score a lot of points, I think he'll be high scoring this season. Tomorrow night, we get to see the Jets go up against the Browns. Uh, I don't think a lot of people would have thought this would be a Thursday night blockbuster when they looked at the schedule. But it's actually all of a sudden become an interesting game. I genuinely think this will be the game that Cleveland get their first win. Their defense has been pretty impressive in the the first two games of the year. Um, It'll be very interesting to see how Sam Darnold goes against this defense. Drew Brees and Big Ben both struggled against Cleveland. They, from memory, both of them didn't score over... Well, actually, now that I'm remembering, New Orleans did score 21 points. But anyway, the scores have been low against the Browns' D. Uh, Miles Garrett is an absolute animal. I think that he could be uh, the defensive player of the year unless Khalil Mack continues this torrid pace. So yeah, I got the Brownies getting a W. I'll probably do a podcast Friday or Saturday to give you the rest of my weekend picks for Sunday's games. Um, but before I end the episode, I need to quickly address what the hell is going on with Jimmy Butler. So for those who are unaware, he was meeting with Tom Thibodeau and Minnesota Vikings... uh, Minnesota Vikings, Jesus. Timberwolves officials, wrong sport. Um, He was meeting with them in California, and a few people believe that the meeting was being held elsewhere. So for the last day, that's been a talking point, really a non-story. But after the meeting, all these reports and rumours surfaced saying that Jimmy Butler uh, wants to be traded... The godfather himself, Adrian Wojnarowski, tweeted a couple of hours ago that Jimmy Butler has named the Clippers as his preferred destination, and both New York teams with the Knicks and the Nets have been mentioned as other potential suitors. So this is absolutely not what the Timberwolves thought would unfold when they traded away Levine and Dunn and all those other assets. Um, Only, geez, is that only about 18 months ago, 12 months ago? Yeah, Butler's only been in Minnesota for a year, so from memory, it was the off-season last year. Draft night, it was on draft night. This is me uh, clearly not doing my research and working back mentally as I record the episode. Great listening. So with Jimmy Butler's future up in the air, it really begs the question as to what Minnesota, what their direction is really, because if you take a Butler away from that team and you get rid of Jeff Teague and a few of those other older pieces, all of a sudden, if you strip it back to its bare core, you're left with an overpaid Andrew Wiggins, um, a gorgy Jeng on an affordable contract, and then Carl Anthony Towns, who's due for serious money. So they're all of a sudden rebuilding again? I don't know. With Cat, you can't really say they're rebuilding, but maybe if they lose Jimmy Butler and they can find, I don't know, someone to take on Wiggins's terrible contract, they can... Just build around Carl Anthony Towns, which isn't a terrible idea. For a long time, I haven't sounded like the uh, biggest Carl Anthony Towns fan. Uh, I just I don't think he tries hard enough on defense. I hope that he can change my narrative and my belief this season, and he probably will. To be honest, he's still young. He's got plenty of time to develop. He's a star. But if I was running the Timberwolves, I'd definitely want Jimmy Butler over Cat right now. If I was starting the franchise, um, might be a 
bit of an unpopular call, but Jimmy Butler, with the exception of probably Kawhi and maybe give some respect to Paul George, I think Jimmy Butler's the best two-way player in the league. He's an awesome defender. He's a fantastic, versatile offensive player. He's pretty much a walking like 25 six and six every night so seems like a great leader for your team and to be honest if he landed in LA at the Clippers or he went to I'd love to see him in the Nets if he could be the guy then there's no reason to think he won't you know push and maybe even become an MVP candidate that's how high I think Jimmy Butler's ceiling is so there's not to say that Carl Anthony Towns his ceiling isn't MVP caliber but right now Jimmy Butler is the type of player you want to take a gamble on if you are the Brooklyn Nets, or you are the Los Angeles Clippers, you can afford to offer him a big contract because he could pay off big dividends. And if he doesn't, at least you know that you're going to get a solid player who's going to compete his ass off for the next five years. And then when he gets to his mid-30s, then you can reassess. Might be a little bit of a gamble paying him so much money, especially considering how valuable uh, cap flexibility is at the moment. But I think whoever's getting Jimmy Butler... Probably at this stage, it looks like the Clippers, and let's be honest, it might be the Knicks. Uh, Whoever gets him, I think they're getting a superstar in their hands. And it's obvious in saying that, but yeah, I think we're just seeing the beginning of Jimmy Butler, especially if he goes to a team where he can be the number one dude. There aren't too many other topics I want to touch on. Um, I could sit here and talk for hours about other stuff, but like I said, I want to make this first couple of episodes short and sweet, and then I'll do potentially longer ones with JLo in the future. I'm going to consistently do this every episode now. The 19th of September is when it's being recorded, so let me give a few quick birthday shout-outs before I go. Firstly, Ohio native CJ McCollum turns 27 from memory today. Um, Happy birthday to CJ. I wonder if if you were running the Portland Trailblazers, I wonder which one you'd trade, CJ or Dame. Personally, I think that CJ would be the better player to build around because Dame kind of seems like a worse spot-up shooter, but then Dame seems like a better offensive player all around. So, tricky one. I'll give you a big tip, Portland. Don't trade either of them. Um, Speaking of trades, someone who was traded on NBA draft night this year, Trey Young, celebrates his birthday today. Trey Young's facing a very interesting season moving forward with this Hawks team. Uh, I might even do a piece on him before the season starts. He's under a lot of pressure. I'm going to shoot a lot of shots, that's for sure, but I think he'll be good. I, I like Trey. Don't love him, but yeah, he's solid. Uh, finally, I have to give a birthday shout-out to the man himself, Jimmy Fallon. I uh, don't think there's many people who, in the world who don't know who Jimmy Fallon is. D- did I just completely mess up that sentence? Let me try again. I don't think there's many people in the world who don't know who Jimmy Fallon is. That sounds a bit better. Maybe not. I don't know. Happy birthday, Jimmy Fallon. Thank you for listening. I'm back. Hopefully, I'm going to be doing more podcasts in the near future. Like I said, next one I'm aiming for about a Friday or a Saturday deal. Um, Go Panthers. Till next time, peace.